Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the CT Insider. I'm Gabriela de Camargo Gonçalves, but Gabby is just fine. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time or you need a refresher from last semester, this is where I, the executive editor for the Commonwealth Times, goes through one aspect of our newspaper in a behind-the-scenes fashion for the articles you might see on your feed or on our website. All right, so before we get into the episode, I want to talk a little bit about this podcast. I developed this project in January of this year with big goals of doing it every week, but the reality was the polar opposite. Um, between classes, internships, and actually running the paper, producing a podcast by myself was the biggest challenge of all. Um, my staff was really helpful in all aspects possible, but there's only so much I can delegate. And I'm really happy and proud of this project getting off the ground, especially after consuming my own journalistic podcast like the New York Times Audio, which by the way, I highly recommend. I'm just really happy with this whole journey and how fun it was to produce it, how fun it was to, I guess, host it. Um, it talked to my staff about it and get the feedback that is so important. Um, but on top of it all, this is my last semester with the CT as I graduate this December. All this to say that this might be the last episode of the project. I mean, who knows if the next executive editor wants to pick it back up or create new ideas. But nonetheless, what I knew was a limited series has come to an end, I believe. But here's why I kind of love ending on this note. First of all, who doesn't love a trilogy? And second of all, the theme for this episode is where it all started for me. So I joined the CT staff as Spectrum Editor, our arts and culture section. Art has always been prevalent in my life, making my own and always consuming it in, in any way possible. So today, we're going behind the scenes of my article, Live Music Lives in Richmond and Continues to Expand. Okay, side note, I don't know if this is widely known piece of information for my non-journalism major girlies out there, but typically in headlines, you don't use the word and, you substitute it with a comma, so... Yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> maybe that was a dumb fun fact, but I digress. So I sat down with our current Spectrum editor, Peggy Stansberry, and talked about what I'm going to be doing. Here we go. Hey, Peggy. <laughs> um, so this will be your first semester with us as an editor, but you've been writing for a while now. So how has your experience been so far? Yeah, my experience has been really great. Um, I started writing for the Commonwealth Times because I wanted to do some more writing and get involved on campus more. Um, it was a great experience writing last year. I learned so much about what was going on at VCU and in Richmond and met all these really interesting people. And I'm really excited about being an editor and having more of a leadership role. So yeah, I'm just super excited to be more involved. Yeah, this is actually our first day of school as we're recording this. So I guess the excitement never goes away. What do you hope to bring us this year? Yeah, so I hope to bring like super unique angles that really highlight the uniqueness of Richmond, of being this super cool city with a rich arts and culture scene and also VCU with a very rich arts and culture scene. So really just highlighting that and putting like a unique perspective into what Richmond and VCU is all about um, and also creating like a strong community with the writers um, so they can get comfortable pitching cool stories and feel like they're part of the team. 
Okay, so once upon a time, I actually had your job like a thousand years ago. Um, but I want to hear about you. Um, walk us through your process of finding stories. Yeah, so to start off, um, I'll usually have some websites I typically go to. Like Richmond um, Tourism website has lots of great interesting events listed. Um, RIC Today has great ones too. Um, I'll look across different um, interesting galleries or art spaces that I know across um, the city to see what they have going on. I also use Instagram because lots of different um, organizations or people will post on there. So I start off just doing general research and then I will look into what actually has something that could be really interesting because there's obviously so much going on you have to narrow it down sometimes. So something that has a really kind of unique, fresh angle to Richmond and its arts and culture scene and will like broaden perspective about it. And I think something that you said is Instagram is like such a good thing to look through, especially for this section. And I think we're like this new generation of journalists that really can take what social media is giving us instead of working against it, just working with it. So that's really cool. I've I spent so much time on Twitter and Instagram that it's kind of sick. Um, but turning that into like something fresh is also really cool. So we already talked a little bit about this story on our weekly staff meeting, but pitch this article again to me, um, kind of give us um, a sense of what you're looking for for this story, especially when you saw it for the first time. Um, what are you looking for? So this article is about the Iron Blossom Music Festival, which is happening in Richmond for two days this weekend on August 26th and 27th. And they're bringing some big musicians such as Hosier um, and also some more up and coming musicians who were once Richmond locals or currently are. Um, so I really wanted to focus on how this festival will impact Richmond's music scene because this is the first time that Richmond has had like a type of festival like this. So I feel like it might put Richmond on a map in a new way and add some traction with our music scene. So I just really wanted to focus in on that um, since I thought this is a really new and interesting thing for Richmond. Awesome. And I'm really excited too because I don't think I've ever been to a music festival, to be so honest with you. Um, and I'm also really excited for the photos that's going to come out of that. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit nervous because, you know, it's always a lot of puzzle pieces to put together, especially when it comes to something so big like this. But Wish me luck. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you, Peggy. That was all I had. And yay. Good luck this semester. Thank you. You too. So like Peggy said, the idea is reporting on the Iron Blossom Festival, but also looking at it from a perspective of how it might change or expand the Richmond music scene. I think Peggy did an amazing job pitching the story because in his spectrum, we often write about events going on in the city. So whenever we can add a little different perspective to it is always super cool. Um, I'm really, really excited to get started because I love looking into how things work and how they started. And I know Richmond has a huge live music culture, especially as a college kid. There's always one house show to look forward to posted around campus but right now i'll be doing some research as to the history of the music scene in richmond start contacting the sources peggy listed out such as newer artists and one of the festival performers but mainly it's important for me to actually go to the festival this weekend to understand the event and get some interviews there Thanks, 
And it's good to be here. First year of Iron Blossom. I think this thing's gonna work out. Do you go to live shows a lot? All the time, like really? five times a year at the minimum. I love that. Yeah. What's your favorite part about them? Oh my gosh, the feeling of listening to music with everyone at once when everyone's just like, they're all in the moment at the same time. It's completely, yeah. it's out of this world. It's my favorite. Yesterday was great. I was able to take some notes about what the day sets were like, what the energy felt like. The thing that, <laughs> I guess I should have predicted it. Um, the interviews were hard. Getting interviews at the festival. I approached a lot of people and sometimes groups of friends and I got a lot of no's. To be fair, very respectful no's but knows nonetheless that still sting a little bit. <laughs> I was able to get two good interviews with good additions to the article, but I always find it a little hard. I have to give myself a few pep talks to go up to random strangers just enjoying their day and enjoying their friends and be like, hey, I'm doing this article, can I talk to you for this and this reason? Um, and I've noticed that most of the time, the reason why people will say no is not because they don't wanna be a part of the article, but more that they don't think they have anything to say. But oftentimes when we are saying we want to interview people at the event, it's not that they're going to say something no one's ever said before, but it's more like, hey, why did you come? And why did you think it was going to be fun? Why did you take time out of your day to get out and experience this particular event? Um, and yeah, and sometimes it's something really simple, like I thought it was cool, I saw it with a friend, and da-da-da-da-da. So yeah, um, anyways, it's Sunday, and I have to go into our newsroom to edit upcoming articles and meet with everyone about next week's stories, so I can't go during the day today for the, you know, second and final day, but it's actually perfect because I'll be able to not only write about what the festival was like during the day, like yesterday, but also how it is at night with the closing headliner, Hozier. And I'm really excited and really sunburned and yay! such a, I feel, I feel like I've been asleep all day and then I just walked up on this, this stage and I was like, oh, so yeah. How you feeling? You feeling good? Thank you so much for, uh, for having us. It's so good to be back. So I wanted to bring you, the listener, into the festival a little bit with day one and day two tidbits. So the first thing you heard before me jumping into the second day was Mipso, uh, the first set of the festival. And then Sailor, who was my first yes interview. Um, just a tiny soundbite of the interview that you can read more on the article. And then you hear Raylan Baxter, um, the first round of applause right after I came in to talk a little bit about day two. And then the last thing that you just heard was Hozier and his um, middle of the set 
talk to the audience. Everyone was so high energy and so excited to see Hozier. And he, in the middle of his set, was just like, hey guys, is it this hot all year round? Which is just funny to me because it's this Irish guy coming into Richmond, Virginia in the middle of summer. Um, but yeah, let's keep going with our normal programming. The festival and the weekend in general was such a good experience with my little media pass. And now that we have all the bulk of information about the festival, um, I have three upcoming interviews now. I have two newer artists to talk to about their experience so far in Richmond and how they hope um, it progresses. One of them was unable to do it synchronously or, you know, like over the phone or in person or anything like that but was very happy to give their two cents on the topic over email. Um, so this is a guitarist and vocalist of the local band 10 Pound Snail. And then the other one is Ren, a musician that coincidentally goes to VCU, and we have our interviews scheduled. I feel like Richmond is such a local music place, so having bigger people come here was just, I feel like such a cool moment. Definitely a win. Um, and I kind of just hope that people really appreciate live music more. And lastly, I'll talk to Angelica Garcia, one of the festival's performing artists, and she just performed yesterday. So I'm really excited to talk to her about how it was and how she feels and all of that. Man, it was awesome. It was, it was funny. Um, my set totally got rained on. Oh, gosh. Um, but... But people were there, and they were there with me, and I, I just thought that was so special. And so, like, um, at first I was like, kind of trying not to get wet because of the equipment and stuff, but then I was like, you know what, now nah, we're all here together, and it was hilarious. I got totally covered in water, and all of my stuff got water all over it. But <laughs> it actually was pretty tight, and um, it was nice. It was like we were all there together, you know, doing that, so... I was super stoked about it. We have everything we need. I have all the interviews recorded, all my notes from the actual festival, and everything is looking up Gabby. Um, now I just have to sit down and actually write. And sometimes it's daunting to see that blank page and the cursor just blinking at me. And I'm like, Oh, so I have to put words into this. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. So it's not just talking to people. Oh, okay. Um, so the first couple of graphs, I feel like, are the hardest to pump out, for me at least. And then once I get into it, I'm in a zone. I'm in the complete zone, um, and I just get into it. Um, so I'm excited to just put all the puzzle pieces together and see what comes out of it. And honestly, I'm really excited for all my editor friends to look at it. And honestly, I'm a big nerd when it comes to the editing process because I love the constructive criticism and like looking into people's reactions when they're reading what I wrote, like if it translated what I wanted to say. Anyways, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's time to write, not edit. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it. The article has been live for about a week now, and I'll be honest, I am very proud of this one, and I'll tell you why. 
Um, first of all, the experience and the process was very fun and rewarding. I had a lot of obstacles on the road, like sources not getting back to me or people not wanting to be interviewed. Um, and then actually putting it all together within deadline in an assembleable manner, journalistically, artistically, and all the lees possible. Because also fun fact, I'm all with the fun facts today. Right as I came back home from the first day of the festival, I was very sunburnt. I was very tired, sweaty, hungry, and just meeting my bed and my AC broke. It was around 90 degrees in my house. Like the thermostat actually read 87 degrees and it was sunset. So I couldn't even imagine what it felt like at 1 p.m. So I had to go to a hotel 20 minutes away from campus that I just couldn't get on the Wi-Fi and try to interview people and even go on my silly little Google Docs. Anyways, it was a lot and I had to stay there for three days. So those were the obstacles, but the festival was just such a good experience. And something I really loved was talking to these artists and learning about their processes and how they feel about their music and the music scene. I think that's what I love the most about the arts and culture section, learning people's stories and how they portray themselves through their art, like music, especially talking about their inspirations as well. I I'm all about the behind the scenes and making of clearly. Overall, I'm just really proud of my writing as well and how I chose to set the scene and the subject that we were talking about and the angle that Peggy wanted. Um, the editors that looked at it did a phenomenal job as well. You know, Peggy as Spectrum had to look at it. And then usually when it's a contributing writer, it's Peggy, then Holly Ann, who's our managing editor, then copy editing, who's Katie Farthing, and then me, <laughs> finally at all. But obviously, I can't edit my own article. So um, those three took it away, and they did such a good job. Um, the pictures as well. Oh my gosh, if you haven't seen our Instagram yet, go check it out, because I have always loved concert pictures, and they look amazing. Thank you, Jay, for the photos. Um, so yeah, it was just so good and I love taking you with me so this is the last episode guys please oh my god don't cry no don't sob oh my gosh please don't cry um <laughs> you can keep up with the CT on our website commonwealthtimes.org or on our socials um and thank you so much for listening thank you for putting up with me talking forever and being curious about the world and our world here at the Commonwealth Times and now Peggy's last remarks about this whole thing. We usually do an interview in the beginning for expectations and a conclusion at the end. So take it away, Peggy. I'm so happy with how this article turned out. Gabby did a really great job. Um, with this article, I feel like she really captured what Spectrum is all about and what I want Spectrum to be all about. I really want Spectrum to be a section where we really draw people in and tell these interesting stories that aren't just like relaying what happens at an event, but really dives into how this impacts and this connects to the uniqueness of Richmond and VCU's arts and culture scene. And Gabby really does this with this article. 
She uses historical anecdotes and fun descriptions such as she writes, music poured into a sea of flowy skirts, glitter, picnic blankets, and sunburns. And I also love how she interviews a wide range of people. She talks to people who attended the festival. She talks to an artist who performed at the festival. And then she also talks to musicians who didn't perform at the festival just to get their perspective on how the Iron Blossom Music Festival um, impacts Richmond and its music scene. So it just really draws a whole picture of Richmond, its music scene, and also how this event um, affects all of that. So it just really captures what I want Spectrum to be all about, and I just love how it turns out, and I think it's such a fun story, and I suggest everyone go check it out.